Welcome to the Deeper Dive Podcast. Each week we take a deeper look at the text we covered in worship on Sunday, and we do that by discussing things like historical settings, literary context, the way others before us have read the text, and our reflective approach to reading that same text. Well, today on the podcast we are uh, talking about uh, Ephesians and following up on uh, uh, that sermon from Sunday and um, all kinds of good stuff in there, lots of things in there. So jump right into it. Yeah, Ephesians is um, a letter that um, some believe was only written to the church at Ephesus, but many believe was uh, uh, more of a catch-all letter for a lot of churches. Um, and um, when I when I read through Paul's epistles, there are some common themes through there that all the churches uh, um, are fighting with. Romans, 1 Corinthians, all of those churches are are in some form in struggle with um, adding pieces to the gospel. Um, I got caught uh, the other day when I was just doing some work on this, and then it carried over to about three hours Sunday <laughs> afternoon, <laughs> uh, going back in Greek, Greek mythology and uh, uh, just reading about some of the Greek gods and goddesses. And I hadn't studied this stuff in a long, long, long time, and I don't remember ever deeply studying it. I remember having classes or some references to it in, in when I was at Illinois Wesleyan. Uh, but the parallel uh, of of those churches then and even the parallel of our churches now um, is that we try to bring our own experience or a different experience and melt it into faith in God. Uh, it, it is fascinating, but but I would encourage you who are th- would think about doing this just to be clear about what you really believe in Jesus because the Greek mythology and the Greek gods and all of the things that uh, they stood for, all of the sacrifices they received or all of the worship they received uh, was, be- was a, a polytheistic approach uh, to deity. Um, and. Uh, that of course goes against and cuts against the grain of everything that uh, we believe about Jehovah God. Uh, I really wanted to find, and I just—I don't know whether I didn't dig in the right place uh, or the right spot. I wanted to find some uniqueness um, to Artemis's worship, what they did in worship of her that was different. I know there were sacrifices involved. I know there were prayers of sort involved. Um, But when I was talking about Corinthians here a number of weeks ago, a lot of that worship was wrapped up around temple prostitution. Mm -hmm. Well, she was the goddess of chastity. She was the goddess of virginity. And so um, um, that wouldn't have been any – I don't think orgies (laughs) – if I can say that on the, on the live or on, uh, the, on a podcast, uh, you say market, orgies? Uh, market explicit now, yeah. I guess. Okay. <laughs> but I don't think orgies were necessarily That's a part of the worship story. that uh, was engaged in around her. I understand their perception was is that she had a pretty violent temper towards such things. Uh, th- this is just meant to be humorous and nothing else, folks. But we might have used a little bit of her temperance and some of the matters of the day and some of the other places of the day as we hear about the abuse that's going on. That's mm. free. It's not going to cost you anything. But mm. I just – I'm thinking about that. And the I other not- thing is that uh, 
Uh, go ahead. Well, I, I am not a, a, a scholar in Greek mythology. I don't remember it either. Isaac, do you have? Do you remember? You know, you, you remember Nothing. some things and not others. I, yeah. I don't know. No, I don't have anything specific to Artemis. Yeah, um, yeah. At, uh, yeah. The top she of my was. Head. The, yeah, <laughs> me neither. Well, it was interesting. It, it as I read, and I went all the way back to when it began and and did some reading. It reads like. Uh, Paint and place, or it reads like one yeah. of those reality TV shows where mm-hmm. they were about as unfaithful to each other, and they killed each other for messing with somebody else's wife mm-hmm. who was another god. Uh, it was just kind of a mess. Uh, but, but it I, is important to to really understand um, the background of the culture in which scripture is written. Mm-hmm. Um, some people get really kind of bent out of shape about that, but how can we know? What it means if we don't understand the what they were dealing with, right? You know, there's a certain yeah, there's a certain un, a certain understanding of the text that that does come from its original context. Right. It's not the only understanding, you know, per se, but it is it is an important one, right. one that needs to be. I mean, one that you know Jesus himself uh, validated in his understanding of the Old Testament. So Absolutely. it wasn't, you know, so yeah. it, it, it kind of is demonstrated all around. But And I think yeah. we get a, a deeper understanding of what it really meant, what the words really meant, what the messages mm-hmm. meant for that time, so that we can understand it for our time too. Right. Um, as I look back, Randy was talking about um, the church's, uh, the letter to, was it just to Ephesus, the church at Ephesus, or was it to several, and the common themes, and, and we were talking a little about Randy and I were talking a little bit, a bit about that earlier today, and I said, you know, anytime pastors get together and we're talking about uh, issues that our churches have, uh, pastors will say, yep, I know that issue at my church, yep, I know that. And all the churches that I've served over the years, um, the same themes come up because we're all a part of human nature, and um, and it's just really interesting to see those appear again and again no matter i mean there are differences in communities and stuff but the same kinds mm-hmm. of things coming up again and again because sure. well those letters were passed around very early mm-hmm. um, very shortly after they were they were written it wasn't like the ephesians got that letter and then held on to it until the 300s when they yeah. called the council and said let's let's canonize this does anyone have anything you know yeah. they didn't do that <laughs> yeah i mean yeah. It, it was passed around quite quickly mm-hmm. and so whether it was written specifically just to that church, that church and the other churches recognized its value very early on mm-hmm. um, as being something that pertained to everybody, right? And not just this specific location. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, Jesus was. Uh, well, it wasn't just with Jesus. We go back into the Old Testament. Uh, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, Jehovah God, the God of Mary and Martha and Esther. Um, uh, that God uh, claimed to be the only God to mm-hmm. be worshipped. That's all that he would tolerate. You shall have no other gods before me. And, you know, I was trying to imagine what Artemis might, what worship with around her might be like. And, and she was considered to be the greatest bow hunter of the gods and she was known for hunting and she was known for wilderness and so i can imagine they probably prayed to her before they went on a hunt Uh, and that kind of thing whether uh, i mean i can't remember if it was princess diana the roman goddess who was the goddess of love I, i i'm not sure that's right but uh if you wanted to have a child you sacrifice to the goddess 
of love or the mm-hmm. goddess of childbearing, which Artemis was, or, or those kinds of things. And they all got kind of brought in and blended in at times into the worship of the church. Um, I think that's why John writes in Revelation um, to the church at Ephesus, you have lost your first love. Mm-hmm. He, he, um, he writes in that second chapter uh, the great works they're doing, their hearts, their souls, but he said you have lost your first love. And uh, I was um, pondering what uh, – that wasn't the text for yesterday, but I got caught up in one of my sidebar journeys about um, um, what causes us to lose our first love and uh, what causes us to come back to that first love. And I think about Wesley, John Wesley. He didn't start a church. That wasn't his plan. Mm-hmm. His his intent was to renew the church, the Anglican church mm-hmm. in, in England. Uh, and in many ways, that's what Paul was doing with this letter here, uh, renewing uh, the uh, the heart of the church that began in Ephesus, um, reminding them of, in three chapters, reminding them of the salvation story. Um, at the current today, there are is a – and I have to be a bit careful because I haven't got deeply enough into the research to feel comfortable talking about it with authority, but I know there are branches of the Christian faith, quote, quote, that believe that God would not engage in violence and therefore there is no death. There is no death on a cross. There is no need for um, uh, a blood covering. Uh, there is uh, – I mean, of course, their premise also operates on the fact that everybody is going to some version, and, and I'm not sure what their version of heaven is, but there is no need for that. And Let me make clear that that is not our statement or our is, beliefs, yeah, <laughs> or I speak for myself. drives me nuts. It really hard, it, it's really hard for me not to load up my gospel gun and, and fire a volley. Uh, but uh, that's the same thing these churches were dealing with, mm-hmm. is just this infiltration. Um, that's why in the Old Testament, the children of Israel were, were specifically told not to engage in relations with foreign women, mm-hmm. particularly foreign women, uh, and bring them into their family because they would be bringing their worship of a multiple of gods into that worship. and. Again, it would lose focus, but it would draw away from one God. So, anyway, I could, guess we could ride that horse for a while. But I, uh, I uh, then I moved on to this uh, this piece here. Uh, Do not be drunk with wine, uh, but be filled with the Holy Spirit. And if I didn't had another hour or so, I would love to talk about uh, what it means to be filled with the Holy Spirit, um, how that happens, because it happens for different people at different times. It happens for at different points of their journey. Uh, that point where you completely surrender control of your life to God through the Holy Spirit. Some folks find that. Um, I found it on a lay witness mission. Some folks find it at a great banquet or a walk to Emmaus or some sort of a preaching event or a meeting. 
Uh, John Wesley talked about it in terms of sanctification, in other words, setting ourselves apart. And then he would go on with further language called entire sanctification um, and talk in terms of going on to perfection. In other words, not that we ever get entirely sanctified or not that we are ever really perfected, but we get closer and we work at getting closer in terms of less sin in us, thought, deed, action, practice, um, less sin in us, and more surrendered to uh, a holy life. Well, and Wesley said that we could be made perfect in this life, and that doesn't mean uh, a perfect, uh, a perfection that remains uh, forever, but we have moments of perfect love in which it is um, truly the love of Christ and not um, um, not some other motive that we have, mm-hmm. um, but you know my my seminary papers and my ordination papers uh, that all comes back to me when um, you know once we have said to ourselves, oh, I, I have been made perfect in love, then then we don't have humility, so we've just lost it. Yeah. Um, but but to continue um, to look toward that, I mean that's our ordination vow is to continue to move forward, and, and uh, that's a question that we're asked. Do you expect to be made perfect in this lifetime? And um, we are promised that we can have those moments. Um, and I think the, the emphasis there is moments. Uh, right, right, um, right. So, but anyway, this, this filling of the Holy Spirit thing, because um, I grew up in a, in a time and an era where there was much confusion about Right. The Holy Spirit, about the gifts of the Spirit, particularly the gift of tongues, but also the gift of healing, the gift of prophecy, and the filling of the Holy Spirit. And that's why I like Bill Bright's illustration, and I use it over and over again, because when Christ is on the throne of our lives, that's when we're experiencing the fullness of the Holy Spirit. Um, again, not being a grammarian, uh but being one who's smart enough to know to look in other places to understand the language, uh, it's not just one single one-time filling. It is something that is a continuous Continue. action. I, as I was doing some research on this, and I, I have placed someplace safely my <laughs> Greek books. Yeah, I wanted to go back and see if these were, because my remembrance of the Greek is that the aorist tense of a verb. As a continued action, and I wasn't sure that these. I think these... aorist is past, and progressive is continued action. Look at us all looking at each other like, let's see, what was that Greek? I, I'm pretty sure that aorist is simple past, and progress progressive verbs are continuing to happen. You all can uh, look that up. You can Google that. Yeah. Well, I think what you're trying to say though is there yes. is a there's a tense that's very yes. similar to our kind of uh, it's happening and it continues to happen. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. However you want to say that. If yeah. You that's to, right. That's yeah. right. And yeah. I not and we don't really have that <laughs> verb tense in the English language. No, um, we have to we have to say that. Yes. We have to say yeah, like a, it's like our second person plural like we don't have a good version of that either we don't have this sense of there's a beginning point but it's an ongoing right um 
thing. Right. We have to get really ugly about that's it. That's right. Just mm-hmm. keep using a lot of words and sentences. <laughs> that's yeah. right. But that's, that's right. what it is. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. that's just, I think that that's, I love that in Greek. Um, you said that the filling of the Holy Spirit is not something that is once and done. You continue to be filled and continue to be filled. And I, I just love that image um, because I've had times in my life where I just have felt empty. Um, and and because I have unintentionally filled with other things. Um, well, sometimes it's because we're filled with other things. Yeah. But sometimes it's because we're deeply engaged in ministry, and we are simply draining our souls right. of patience, love, meekness, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, and that needs to be restored and renewed with us. Right. Um, I've often thought that um, uh, there there's there's some brothers and sisters who uh, haven't had that, haven't used that in so long that it's become like a great piece of steak you put in your refrigerator and six (laughs) weeks later you come back to it and it's not so good any longer. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, That it needs to be used, it needs to be filtered out, it needs to be given away on a continual basis. Mm -hmm. But then we've got to make sure we are renewing it and restoring it and refilling it over and over again or we are going to find ourselves, even the most faithful of the faithful, find mm-hmm. ourselves uh, spiritually dry and worn out. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, so, mm-hmm. Yeah, I like the, the Bill Bright illustration because um, so often um, cultural Christianity says that um, uh, you know we're Christians and because we go to church, and that's one of the other one of the many things that we do. We go to church and we go to band and uh, you know uh, take our kids to band or we take our kids to uh, baseball practice or we you know go to the opera or we do all these other things and uh, we say that God is most important, but we don't live it that way. Mm-hmm. Um, and and everything doesn't come through the filter of that. So I, I really like that illustration too, and 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 I need to have that be reminded of that often. Well, that comes back to um, to the whole concept of wisdom, and frankly, right. how important it is to God. Mm-hmm. Um, and if we're going to be wise in the faith and be real disciples of Jesus Christ, there has some of the be, there has to be there just has to be that renewal mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and plan for it. it doesn't it's not going to happen if we don't plan for it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, so anyway, I I just love this uh, passage of scripture because um, <coughs> I like to keep encouraging people, mm-hmm, yeah, yeah, to be. Uh, Renewed and renewed and renewed. Wesley, there's a book I have on, on Wesley. It says, Going on to Salvation. Mm-hmm. Again and again, we continue to do that. So We've been all anyway. over the place this morning, so good luck following this, but it's been fun. <laughs> <laughs> yes, and if you do have uh, if you do have questions or uh, or comments, uh, feel free to uh, email, Facebook, uh, all of those internet verbs that uh, you're used to. Uh, will be in some tense of that, whether it's in English or another language. So, uh, until uh, next time, uh, grace and peace. <laughs>